symbiotically. Um, in fact, I had six holes in my stomach. And one of the things I did was I took a picture of it and posted it online and says, it looks like I got into a gunfight and lost. Because um, there were just little holes, uh, very painful though. Um, but they did remove half of my stomach. They removed all of the fat tissue around my stomach and intestinal area at that point uh, with 21 lymph nodes. Uh, three of those did come back cancerous. So it was in stage three. They caught it at a good point um, because after a lot of research, usually they don't detect it until late stage three or even into stage four, just because the symptoms can be so minor, you know, indigestion, throwing up on occasion, nothing real major. Um, and I'm not sure, but I, I think, thankfully, getting the COVID um, increased the um, production of that mass in my stomach so that it was found earlier than it could have been. So I was very lucky. So ironic you said that because when you told the first story about, I didn't, I didn't realize that you had gone in with COVID first. And, yes. and, and ironically, when I was thinking about us coming for this talk, I was thinking, okay, life is 10% what happens, 9% how you react to it. He definitely demonstrates that lesson. The other one is everything happens for a purpose and serves me well. And I was thinking, where does that apply in the story? And now you've told us. I mean, like, like if you hadn't contracted COVID, they may have never found the cancer. Right. Until it was too late. Um, but I went through the surgery. Um, they pro provided a plan. Um, six months of chemotherapy, possible radiation. We won't know about the radiation until the chemotherapy treatments are all done. But I'm on, uh, it's 12 doses of chemotherapy. I go every other week for six months. Uh, my final dose will be early December. Um, in fact, after my next treatment, which is on the 13th of September, they'll do a CT scan to compare with the first CT scan just to make sure that nothing new is developing to make sure everything's on track the way it should be. Um, but yeah, uh, beyond all that, um, and the chemotherapy, they told me that as it progresses that I'll, my body might start wearing down and I might start have to modifying a few things. Um, and I do notice when I'm on my treatment week, which this is one of my treatment weeks. In fact, I went in today to have to well, you've seen my, my friend that I carry around every other week. It's a little portable a pack that administers a 46-hour dose of medicine. And I have to carry it with me. And it's actually into a port in my chest, in my, in my clavicle area. There's a, a, they call it a Mediport or a smart port. And they just plug in. They can administer medicine. They can draw blood, do everything they need right from that port. Um, so every other week, I carry that for two days. Um, but I still come into the dojo and participate. Uh, and that's what I wanted to, that's what I want to get at. Cause you, uh, thank you so much for sharing everything you're going through and you, you've done it very thoroughly. The, the, the part that I really want you to talk about next is you, you come in, you're laughing, you're joking, you have a great attitude, you do <laughs> class, you do class, you work almost as hard as you worked before. I mean, like, you don't, like sometimes I come up and I'm like, what, man, take it easy. But hey, I mean, like, and so you, so you get a great attitude and a great work ethic and great perseverance through great trials and tribulations. So what can you share with others? I mean, look, I probably wouldn't surprise you to tell you that people with a fraction, going through a fraction of what you're going through have negative attitudes because of their situation or quit whatever it is they want to do because of their situation. What advice can you give what makes you keep a positive attitude? It makes you keep 
driving on and go and doing what you said you're going to do in spite of the trials and tribulations? Uh, well, for me, um, well, I've always been a big kidder anyway, so I like to joke around. I like to have fun. I uh, like to enjoy myself and I like to bring pleasure, pleasure to other people. Um, so that's one of the things that drives me. Um, but when, when I first got it, when they first diagnosed me with cancer, um, there was one point, Barbara, my wife said, aren't you worried? You know, aren't you concerned about what's going to happen? I'm like, how can I be concerned or worried about something that I don't know anything about? You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, is it, is it, am I going to, is it going to be fatal? Am I going to live through it? I don't know. Um, but I'm not going to dwell on it either. My philosophy is I'm going to prepare for the worst, plan for the best, prepare for the worst. And that's what I try to do in everything I do. Um, I could very well just sit at home, think, oh, woe is me. Why did this happen to me? Why am I the one that got cancer? Why am I going through this? Or I can choose to live my life as best as I can and say, okay, I've got this. I'm going to beat it. We're going to continue with life. I'm just going to keep on plugging along as best as I can. Um, in fact, when I first started back into training again, um, there's one time your Barbara actually told you to have me sit out because she looked at me and said, he's going to pass out. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And so, so I went and sat down for a while. And I, I, the one thing my doctors tell me is to listen to my body. You know my body. I know my body better than anybody else. Because it's my body. <laughs> so I know when I'm tired. I know when I'm stressed. I know when I'm, you know, different things are happening. So I can judge what I'm doing or how I'm doing um, by listening to my body. In fact, last night, there was a time where I had to sit out for just a couple of minutes um, because I was getting winded and I, I just needed to rest for a couple of minutes. Yeah, but you just shared, but you just shared such important wisdom a second ago where you said, you know, I mean, you just said in passing as part of your story, but it went on to the next part. But you said, you know, you said, I could choose to sit down and go, okay, I got cancer. Woe is me. Da, 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 da. I'm probably going to die. Da, da, da. Or I could choose to keep living my life. I'm going to beat it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep doing everything on that. Right. And, and see, I believe, and I think you know this, I think you believe too. That's why you're doing it. But I want, mm -hmm. I want to make sure that, that our listeners heard it. That the very fact that that is your choice and that is your attitude and that is your reaction makes it so much more infinitely probable that you are going to beat this thing and it's going to be a story that you tell on the other side than, than if you were one that chose to sit down and quit and, 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 be, and give yourself to defeat. Oh, absolutely. I believe that always. Um... And I think your attitude can have a lot to do with your, with your physicality as well. If you have a good attitude, you have adversity hits you and you meet it head on and you can maintain a positive attitude. I think your body responds to that in a positive way, just like the negative. If you down in the dumps and you're, oh, woe is me. Why did this happen? Is it going to kill me? You know, worry about that kind of stuff. Your body reacts to that as well in a negative way. So I, I think your attitude has a lot to do with your you know, how your body reacts to different stimuli and different um, adversities even. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's all tied together, right? It's like, 
you know, your, your, your mind controls most everything in your body. So, so it makes sense that, <laughs> it makes sense that your, your thoughts, you know, your thoughts control your mind and your mind controls your body. It's, look, it's no different than when, when we're teaching somebody to survive a violent confrontation. Do you remember, right. the, do you remember the first time you did a stress drill and people attacked you with sticks and knives and guns? How differently that felt than than now? Oh yes, absolutely. Now you can do it relatively calmly because you've prepared for it. And I, you know, I just I think that it, it in the same way, the the rest of the training and and I, you know, I'm not suggesting it's only our training that gives you an awesome attitude and, and perseverance, but it is definitely a goal and objective of what we do is to prepare somebody so that if they should go through something like you're going through, they will react in the way that you're reacting. Right. Yeah, I mean, well, and, and kudos to you, because I think part of the reason that I am responding so well to treatment and everything is because of the physical activities that I've been enduring over the past three years at your hands, because you've kept me going. You've, you know, everybody there at the dojo is there for each other. Yeah. And everybody helps each other. And when somebody's struggling or somebody's you know, wearing down or whatever, they push them and push them and push them to get, not just to be pushing them. But to get them past that little plateau, as you say, and move on to the next level of endurance that you're going to make. Yes, so that aspect, I think, has helped a great deal as well. Just the physicality and keeping active and keeping my body in shape has helped a lot as well. So I think you are a walking testament uh, to, I mean, the, certainly the subject of this podcast will be life is 10% what happens to 9% how you react to it. And, and <laughs> you know, I think that you are a walking testament to, uh, to what that message is, that, that lesson is meant to express. Um, in closing, if, if you could share one last thing, uh, because, you know, this is, this will be a legacy project for both of us, this, uh, <laughs> this uh, video and podcast. If you wanted to share one last thing with, with your kids, with the other students at the dojo, with people listening, about anything, what would it be? Never give up. Be one of the things I would say, never give up. Um, even if you feel like giving up, don't. Even if it's something small that you're working towards and you say, oh, this really doesn't matter. I don't need to do this. Do it anyway. If not for anybody else, for yourself. You never want to be that quitter. You never want to be the one that says, I could have done it. I didn't do it. And now I regret it because the things you don't do, even the small things you don't do could come back to, to greatly affect you later in life. You just don't know, Absolutely. but you get that quitting attitude and you're going to continue that attitude as you go forward and keep quitting at bigger and bigger things until all of a sudden your life is gone and you have a lot of regrets. So keep pushing yourself, keep achieving that next goal and just keep pushing forward. Don't quit. Oof. Well, thank you so much, Bob. I, I, as, as I expected, you have been a wealth of wisdom to everybody. And uh, I mean, I really appreciate you making the time. I am proud of you. Keep, keep up the great work. Well, thank you, sir. And I'm, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, I appreciate you and everything that you've done for us over the years. Well, thank you, sir. You are a big influence in our lives. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, uh, and I look forward to seeing you back real soon, probably uh, tomorrow night. Uh, right? Tomorrow night. Yes, sir. We'll be there. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I will see you then. Okay, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.